We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Monday, October 9th. My name is Chris Crawford. I am joined by my good buddy, Drew Silva. We're going to be going over some headlines, but mostly what we're going to be doing is taking a look at these postseason baseball because that's what you're here for, right? You want to talk about postseason baseball. We're going to go over uh, one game that's actually being played as we're recording, but we'll go over some of the other stuff that's been going on, of course. Uh, Drew, have you enjoyed these postseason games so far? Yeah, I mean, some surprises, um, but, you know, like you and I kind of did a, a preview of these series early or late last week and mm -hmm. i would say it's gone kind of how i i thought it would go like just jumping into it like the big dogs in the national league are in trouble yeah. man um and a lot can change with monday's results a lot can change while we're chatting here game two in atlanta is underway but yeah like if we just want to get into this series the phillies are set up so well right now um, and we'll get to the Dodgers in a bit, but you could point to some similarities between what Atlanta is dealing with and what Los Angeles is dealing with on the pitching front. Like Spencer Strider takes the loss in game one on Saturday and now having to turn to Max Fried in game two, he hadn't pitched in an actual game since September 21st, I believe it was, due to that blister right. on his left index finger. Currently down 3 nothing in the third inning. I guess we could give updates as we go along. But then you've got to turn to Bryce Elder in game three. There's a lot of inexperience there. Maybe piggybacked with 20-year-old A.J. Smith-Shaver. It's, it's not a great situation for a team that had a tremendous regular season en route to, to running away with the NL East title. But backs against the wall, potentially dropping the first two games at Atlanta and then having to walk into what's going to be a, a rowdy Citizens Bank Park. Would that game be on Tuesday? Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, there's I, a travel day. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I, I think, anyway, this, this is the thing, man. We've got to figure out these off-day things. Like, the, I get why they scatter these things around. You want to make it a little bit fair. But also, like I talked about this earlier today with a buddy of mine, there is – you could tell the Dodgers in Atlanta came out rusty in that game. Like, it's mm. not exactly why they lost. I'm not going to go that far. Also, by the way, they did not lose because of that catcher's interference. I don't know if that was the right call or not, but you scored zero freaking runs. That is not the reason you lost the game. Stop throwing alcohol. You are adults. Please act like it. My goodness gracious. I know it's frustrating when bad calls go against you, and I'm honestly not sure if it was catcher's interference or not. Did you think it was catcher's interference? 
I mean, Sean Murphy didn't have a problem with it, right? Like, right. I, I, I kind of just go based off what the what the catcher sure. reaction was, and mm-hmm. in that game, I mean, you you knock Ranger Suarez out, knock him out, he gets pulled in the fourth inning. You face like how many different relievers came into that game? Like eight. Um, so, and they had runners in scoring position. What did they like? They left seven runners on base. They were zero for five with runners in scoring position. Um, yeah. I don't know. Atlanta fans seem to like to throw things on the field. <laughs> that uh, the infield fly rule. When was that in 2012, 2011? Oh, right. Um, that was a bad call. Yes. But <laughs> like, yeah, th- this one, I, I don't really, it, it wasn't objectionable in my eyes. No. And again, it, all it did was make a two, nothing game, a three, nothing game. And sure. You know, you like to be within a bloop and a blast. It's not a great thing to fall down 3 nothing, but that is not the reason that Atlanta lost the game. They lost that game because the Philadelphia pitching staff, after Suarez left, was outstanding, and Suarez was pretty good too. I think something real big here for uh, the Phillies, Drew, JT Romano did not have the best season. He's having a pretty darn good postseason right now, and in, as we're talking, it's 3 nothing Philadelphia. Uh, JT Romano's 2-for-2 two two with a home run, a two-run homer. Um, Bryce Harper has gotten on and scored a run as well. Like with Real Muto starting to hit, that Philadelphia lineup is going to be a lot of trouble to deal with. And Bryce Harper just can't stop hitting homers against Atlanta pitching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, I, I kind of thought this would go a little bit differently than it has because Atlanta was just so dominant throughout the regular season. But like you said, I mean, getting almost a full week off, like six days without a game, they tried to stay fresh with intra-squad action there at Truist Park, but there's just no way to simulate it. And I think it comes down to they just don't really have great pitching. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, Freed is a little bit compromised. I said, I mean, if the Phillies could take the Spencer Strider game to get it back to Philadelphia with a chance to just close it out there, Mm -hmm. um, they'd be in really good shape. And with them having a lead right now in game two, it's only three runs, but that seems like a lot to overcome right now somehow for this Atlanta offense. And, you know, manager uh, Brian Snicker, I think, got a little cute with the lineup changes um, from from game one, moving Michael Harris up. He grounds into a big double play when they had the loaded the bases loaded. Um, I don't know, maybe kind of overthinking it and just having too much time off. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what the answer to that is. It's probably the answer is getting rid of the wild card series and yeah. just making it like a one game thing. But baseball is not going to want to drop the number of games. If anything, we might get more at some point oh, in the yeah. future. Um, so yeah, that the reward you get for like having a, a top two record in your league is not really much of a, a reward at all. Well, let's be honest, Drew. We, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to add two more playoff teams here and it's going to be 16 teams in the postseason. and the one seed will play the eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. That is going to happen at some point there. It's an inevitability. And look, your reward for being the one seed is that you're going to play a team that probably goes 82 and 80 that makes the postseason. That's that's going to be, and honestly, I think I'd prefer that than having all this time off. And my biggest issue with the scheduling, and there was an article that came out in Fangraphs that said teams on extended rest have actually done pretty well in the postseason. And look, the Astros had a lot of rest and did just fine in the postseason. But I think my biggest issue was you have a team like Atlanta play, have so many days off, and then another day off after that, right after that. 
That's on the Sunday, hard to yeah. get into a rhythm, man. To get baseball is a sport that is so much about repetition and rhythm. I think that's my biggest issue is the fact that they are just. I don't want to say rusty, but you could tell that there were kind of some cobwebs to shake off and they haven't shook him off this today. By the way, Zach Wheeler is absolutely dealing today. Three innings yeah. of no hit baseball and seven strikeouts. Do we underrate Wheeler among the big aces, Drew? I, I think fantasy managers know how valuable he is because he, he gives you that workload with like a good sure. number of, of strikeouts. I mean, he's just like, he's like in fantasy, at least like a safe floor guy. And he's, He's been that on this entire really contract with the Phillies. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I don't have a solution for it. It's you know, it's on the players to turn it on when sure. any any time you get shut out. Um, and I believe that was just the third time all year that Atlanta's been shut out. And I right. was it their like their first shutout at home, I think, in two years or something to that effect. Oh, um, you're always going to look sleepy when you're getting shut out. Um, but it it did look like a sleepy game in game one when it should have, they should have come out with a lot more fire. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. we read, read too much into that kind of stuff too. The, this Phillies team is like, I don't know if like specials, the right word, but they've got, they've got something to them. They got something to them. Like narrative wise, like momentum wise. Um, but also like it's, it's as good, if not a better team than the one that marched to the world series last 100%. year. And, and with, you know, with the, the idea of like get, giving them the top two seeds time off is they can set up their pitching. Their pitching is going to be well-rested. Atlanta doesn't really have the, the pitching to attack that. And because of all the wildcard series um, matchups were sweeps. Mm -hmm. Everyone could set up their pitching kind of how they wanted to. Exactly. Uh, that's huge. That's a huge. That's a huge benefit. Real quick before we get into the other National League series, let's say Philadelphia does win today, and there's a lot of baseball left to be played with still a very good offense. But if they win today, does this series get back to Atlanta? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I I think it might be a sweep. I think we might really be looking at a sweep because look. All due respect to Bryce Elder, who's had a very strong season for them. I'm not trusting Bryce Elder against those guys. And I think it's worth pointing out, too, Aaron Nola looked fantastic in his last start as well against, of course, a team that had no business being in the postseason, but did, you know, make it. And he looked he looked the part. I'm going to say this goes four. I'm going to say uh, Phillies in four. I, I I think the Braves somehow get one. Somehow game. get one. I but mean, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about. Bryce Elder and probably Smith Shaver. I think those yeah. will be the main pitchers sure. in that environment. Like, I mean, like Citizens Bank Park in the the past few Octobers has been like a, a serious home field advantage. Like it's it's loud and 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 crazy, and there's like no time to just settle in. Right. Um. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a scene there, and it, it is on Wednesday. They do have another off day. Okay. On on Tuesday, a lot of off days. Too many off days. Just too many off days. And I get it. You want to be the NBA and schedule this thing for as long as possible and rake in that money. But it's not the it is does not provide the best baseball, in my humble estimation. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not the best baseball, not the best baseball game played by the Dodgers on Saturday in that loss where Clayton Kershaw just got absolutely shellacked. Shellacked, shellacked, shellacked. Uh, so obviously Arizona has a one-nothing lead in this. Uh, Arizona looked like absolute garbage at the end of the year, but has played fantastic 
in these postseasons so far, Drew. I know you're a big fan of that Diamondback roster. I, I certainly don't hate the Diamondbacks. I still think this is a little bit smoke over mirrors, but they have a chance to take a dominating lead if they can get those 2-0. Uh, this series is over if Arizona can get the win, right? Yeah, and I mean, Zach Gallon against Bobby Miller here, like this is another matchup where the the lower seed has a better pitching setup. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for Clayton Kirsch. He doesn't need me to feel bad for him. He's no. made plenty of money and is yeah. going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Easy. what's uh, his postseason ERA, his career postseason ERA was 4.22 going into that start. What he out. gave up, was it six earned runs while recording yeah. only one out? was yeah. all earned, yeah. Um, and so that postseason career ERA is now at 4.49. And this is a same size of 194 and a third innings. Like, that's a regular season. Yeah. His career regular season ERA is, what, 2.48. I mean, that's pretty drastic yeah. of a sample size. And, man, uh, yeah, he just – he didn't have it from the jump. And like I said with the Phillies, like this Diamondbacks team I, I think has – a bit of an edge to it. Like it's a different vibe. They're not scared. And you know, it's, it's been like a bonanza recently of sports teams finding bulletin board material to like build motivation. It, it's been a bit much in the college football world, but sure. like manager Tori Lavello said, they took offense to the chatter about reseeding the brackets after the wildcard series that Atlanta, you know, people were saying that Atlanta should be getting the easier road with Arizona as the matchup. Um, yeah, but ask Clayton Kershaw if, if this Diamondbacks team, if he felt it was an easy road um, yeah. facing them. They just they, been and you know they're going to use their speed in this game too. I, I believe Bobby Miller like struggles to hold runners. He he issues a lot of walks. He issued a lot of walks the two times he faced Arizona this year. I, I'd be it's it's not a great matchup for them here in, in a must win game too. And uh, I, it was on like Thursday, I believe Diamondbacks president. Derek Hall said the Dodgers would not be forbidden from celebrating in the outfield pool there at Chase Field if they won the NLDS, like some other clinchers where the Dodgers have done that. Like he said, they have the right to celebrate wherever they want, however they want. That's what he said before game one. Um, but I don't know, like if if it's, I, I almost feel like that was a shot at them. Like we're not scared of you or something. And, and would it even be like a cool thing to do if, if you're an opponent, like the, the, the renegade spike, the football aspect of it isn't there when the club president says you're allowed to jump in the pool. <laughs> the famous time it happened was uh, 2013 when there was like real tension between the Dodgers and like the upstart diamondbacks. That was when Kurt oh, yeah. Gibson was at the helm as the diamondbacks manager. So, yeah. I, I don't think this this Dodgers team is going to be thinking about pool parties, especially if they're going down to Arizona, down two games with. I guess you go to Lance Lynn in Game Three. Does that make you feel real good? Like nah. he let up so many home runs this year, and the Diamondbacks have what, like eight home runs already in the postseason. Um, they've won three straight postseason games, all of their postseason games so far. I think uh, if they win four straight, if they win here on Monday night at Dodger Stadium. Uh, that would match their longest postseason win streak from 2001 when they played that famous World Series and, and won it in walk-off fashion against the Yankees. That's crazy. That And look, this is uh, a Diamondback team that you know hasn't existed for a long time but has had some postseason success. We have mm -hmm. seen the Diamondbacks have some t good times in October, obviously, that 2001 World Series, one of the most famous World Series uh, ever played in large part to uh, – 
the pitching between uh, Randy Johnson and the guy that I don't want to ever say the name of again, and also Mariano Rivera and uh, Young Young Kim. I remember it quite well. Oh, yeah. I will say oh, this. Yeah. I think the Dodgers are still in pretty good shape here because I do believe in that offense quite a bit. And I really liked what I saw from Bobby Miller down the stretch. And I don't think that the big game situation is going to be too much for him. Um, pitched really well, started throwing more consistent strikes at the end of the year. Didn't walk more than two batters in any start since August 9th, which is really nice to see. Uh, has only allowed, had one kind of bad start against the Nationals, who were kind of an underrated offense, I think, uh, in the 2023 season. Not great, but gave you some tough at-bats. Very tough team to strike out. The other thing here is the Dodgers have seen the ball pretty well against Zach Gallon. He has not pitched very well in his two starts this year. It's only two starts. Uh, I think Gallon will pitch well, but this is not like a dominant swing and miss type of guy. And I just believe in that Dodgers lineup with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Max Muncy, who has a ton of postseason success. They've just got too many guys. And I think if you can get this win, if you can come out of here with a split against things Kelly change and quickly. Gallen, yeah. yeah, things change real quickly here because look, do I have question marks about the uh, Los Angeles pitching staff behind? You bet. Do I have more question marks about the Diamondbacks behind those guys? Yeah, I absolutely sure. do. I think this is the most pivotal, pivot, pivotal, that's a tough word to say sometimes, pivotal mm. game uh, of this postseason so far because it's going to determine a lot. Even if the Dodgers fall down 0-2, I do think they have a smidgen of a chance just because we've seen the Dodgers come back before. And an 0-2 hole in a five-game series, not so much. But if this series is tied, especially after the shenanigans, I guess, for lack of a better term, I think you're going to feel pretty good if uh, if you're the Dodgers going in with a 1-1 split, which is weird to say. Normally, you want to take those two games, but I think they should feel good. Make your prediction, Drew, who wins the series. Yeah. And I mean, Lance Lynn would be on a, a very short leash and they'd have Ryan Pepio, who was awesome the times right. that he pitched for the majors this year. And Emmett Sheehan didn't look great in game one and coming out in, in relief, but he'll be available as well too. They, mm -hmm. they can at least throw talented bodies at the issue in game three. And um, especially if it's like, if it's a must win game, everyone's going to be available. Maybe even sure. Kershaw comes out and throws an inning. I don't <laughs> know. Having to have, having to turn back to him in game four, I, I guess you'd feel like he couldn't be any worse. Right. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think this series is over and I could very well see the Dodgers, pulling out like making making a statement in game two on monday um and then it becomes a totally different kind of series and and may, maybe this one goes five yeah. um and the dodgers pull it out in five i think would be my prediction but they're not in a great spot they're no. not in a great spot they are they they need to win this game i mean it is yeah. a huge game and if uh and i think to be fair i think the diamondbacks need to win this game too like i think sure. they do need to go up to uh, which makes this one an awful lot of fun. That one's getting started um, before getting after we hit record. We'd love to be able to talk about it, but Drew has a very strict bedtime. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, American League series and also talk about some headlines that we want to get into. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, so let's talk about those American League series. And I think uh, it's been a little bit surprising. I know you've been a big fan. Uh, heck, I talked about the Rangers a whole bunch before the season started, how much I like their win total. But I am a little bit surprised that they're up 2 nothing in this series right now, Drew. Uh, obviously the, uh, Orioles are in trouble. <laughs> they cannot lose another baseball game, uh, at least for the next three anyway, uh, if they are going to advance, but do you give them any chance of getting back in the series? Um, sure. Like a 10% chance, which I think is nice. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that's nice. No, I I was watching um, MLB Network earlier today, and I think this, there's been like 38 instances in five-game series where the team that hosted the first two games lost them both, and only three have come back to win. Like, it's Ooh. it's a steep hill to climb, and with, you know, that's a pretty lackluster pitching staff. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez was kind of like the guy they really needed to, to win. He had no... He'd gone like 12 straight starts, allowing three runs or fewer. And the Rangers just really like a- attacked him. Um, so there was, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of dudes on bases with free passes. Uh, Jack Flaherty has not looked good in like kind of a fireman piggyback role. Right. Um, I, I like what, who's pitching game three from them? They haven't announced like Dean Kramer, I, I Dean guess. Dean Kramer has officially been announced just a little while ago that okay. Dean Kramer will be the game three starter against Nathan Eovaldi, who like yeah. has experience and looked really good in his wild card series start. I, I thought it was maybe a little 
I think I've used this word a few times on the show already, but like a little, a little too cute using Andrew Heaney as the game one starter. But, mm-hmm. you know, p- piggybacked with Dane Dunning and some shutdown innings from the bullpen, it all worked out. And that was a yeah. 3-2 win on Saturday with Josh Young providing the decisive homer in the sixth inning. Then a kind of a shootout in, in game two. Well, the, the final score says shootout 11-8, to but the Rangers raced out to that big early lead on Rodriguez with a five-run second inning, a four-run third inning on a Mitch Garver grand slam. Baltimore hints at a a late comeback, but um, Aaron Hicks hit a a three-run shot in the ninth inning. Gunnar Henderson hit a bomb. I think it was like in the sixth inning, but just too too steep of a hill to climb um, matching the the Rangers offensively. Corey Seager drew five walks in that game. Um, Just too many – Free passes. That was an individual postseason record, by the way, five walks. Just lots of runners on base across the board. And that's a really dangerous game to be playing with with this Rangers offense. They could be very streaky throughout the year, um, but they look hot right now. Um, so they take two at Baltimore. Yeah, and now head to Arlington, Texas, with a chance to to slam the door Tuesday in game three behind Nathan Eovaldi, who was, again, excellent in the wildcard series. You know, soon the American League East could be completely done. Yeah. Rays and Blue Jays. Both swept in the wild card series round, and now the AL East champion Orioles on the brink of of being swept out of the ALDS. Evan Carter has impressed me so much all year, and he's doing it again in the postseason. His approach to the plate has been so good. I want to ask you this, Drew. I'm going to put it. Um, let's think of the number that I want to ask. Over under, pick one twenty five in redrafts next year for Evan Carter. I'm going to say over um, because like I mean, when we talked about this, when he first came up, the, the, the like minor league numbers don't scream like big time counting stats production. He is definitely a like one of the best young hitters. Like I, I, one Soto pops into my head, just like guys that don't take bad at bats. Um, and that's what I've seen from Carter so far. He looks very comfortable. He, he like dropped the ball in left field. What was that in game two or game one? Mm-hmm. Um, but, a, a very good defensive player too. I, I don't know if he has enough like raw power and speed to be and to actual co- actually come through with with a you know being like top one hundred twenty five value. Okay. Um, but I don't know, man. If he keeps like making himself a household name in these playoffs, just by like name recognition and these guys that have that kind of excellent plate discipline at, at such a young age, you can usually count on the counting stats arriving at some point and yeah maybe they've already kind of arrived um at the major league level and maybe they could arrive and could he be like a 2020 guy in the majors yeah, i think I so don't know. Yeah. i think i think he can be a 2020 guy here's a fun one i just thought of in my head you uh have a let's say you have the 135th pick or something like that and the two best outfielders left are evan carter and jared kelnick which one are you taking Probably Carter because I'm yeah. a recency bias noob. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. No, well, here's the thing: like that's the thing is, if you did it today, I think for sure you're taking Carter with some hindsight and really yeah. realizing how good Kelmick was prior to you know Footgate 2023. <laughs> like, yeah, that might be a kind of a tough one. They're they're kind of similar in profile. I think that at this point you have to say Carter has the much higher floor just because of his approach at the plate and how well yeah. he's done. But I think Kelnick still has the higher ceiling. Uh, speaking of high ceiling, Grayson Rodriguez, you mentioned it a little bit, was just not able to find the strike zone here. If you're Baltimore, 
how confident are you having him pitch in like a game five if they have to do that? I'm, he's probably going to be their best option, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you kind of got to go in that direction. Um, I don't was was John Means left off the roster? Was, was he, he was he shut okay. down for the remainder of the season? Oh, there uh, is a chance that he could pitch in the ALCS. I'm sorry about that. That, that I got my uh southpaws a little confused there for a second, but yes, he was left off the roster, and I think that's a big loss because yeah, you're talking about Dean Kramer would be more of my game four option, I think. Kyle Gibson would be more of a late inning option, not even late inning, a like we need to get a couple of innings, like an extra innings or something like that type of option, more than a guy that I trust to start, even though he was better down the stretch towards the end of the year. I think that's easily your game three starter if he's healthy, because means looked so good at the end of the season. Um, Unfortunately, the elbow soreness just became a little too much, and they decided to save him, for lack of a better term. I doubt he would be able to go deep anyway if he was able to uh, be on the roster. But I think that's an underrated loss because, sure, they weren't counting on means during the uh, overwhelming majority of the regular season, but I think they were counting on him to be a big part of this October push. And Richard mentioned with the Rangers, too, like Max Scherzer was kind of like close to being included on this ALDS roster. So if they get through to the ALCS, he's pitching like I have I have no doubt in my mind about that. And um, and one more thing on Evan Carter, too, like he he batted ninth the entire time that he was up with with the Rangers in the regular season. Yeah. What did he bat fifth in game one? Yeah. Um, And and what what did he bat in game? I think it was fifth or sixth in game two. Yeah. Yeah, fifth again. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's huge. I, I mean, yeah, that that's like gaining a lot of trust yeah. all of a sudden. From hey, and hats off to Bruce Bochy, man. Yes. Like I, I, I don't know. Managers are are managers in this yeah. modern era, but <laughs> he 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 like you you can't deny that he he the guy knows what he's doing. No, even, even if it's just like managing personalities and like keeping players calm, like sure. you know. Camden Yards has been rocking for for these games. Like they, they've been trying to to get into it, um, and the Rangers just don't. They look ready. They look ready to play, and and it's a really talented team that it could just get even better as the postseason moves along with possibly getting Scherzer back. I don't know if he's going to be able to start, but like even just if he's like a two winning guy out of the bullpen, that's a oh, yeah, that's a heck of an addition because they they kind of need that. Like I guess the bullpen was it was good in game one, not so much in, in game two. Right. Um, Jordan Montgomery was okay, uh, but I, I could see Nathan Evaldi putting together a, a really good outing in game three and for that series to kind of be over. How much money would I have to pay you to be the guy who tells Max Scherzer that he's not on the ALCS roster? Probably not that much. Oh, really? Really? I'm poor. I'm poor. Well, I, you must have a better medical plan than I am, man, because I, I, I would probably pass on that because I know for a fact that I would be out of commission for a long, long time. I would have somehow both of my eyes would change to the same color of Max Scherzer is after that. I, I, I do like I, it seems like a, a long shot that he would be able to make the ALDS roster, but he threw to batters like an hour before they set their their ALDS roster. And I wonder what that conversation was like. Maybe he was he was cool about it. And yeah. He's like, yeah, I get it. Hopefully next series. What, um, what yeah. he mentioned, sorry, real quick, is just that 
he was in a state of confusion about what was going on. And by that, it doesn't mean he didn't know if he was going on the roster or not. It's about getting used to how his body feels through this type of stuff. So I think he was pretty honest with him that like, yeah, I could probably go, but it probably makes more sense to hold me off to this next series. But what a huge boon it would be to have that guy either against Segway, the Astros or the Twins. And we finally, Drew, we finally have a 1 1 series after yeah. so, all four wildcard sweeps and then three 1 0 leads, or excuse me, 2 0 leads. We finally got a series that is 1 1. Uh, Pablo Lopez was just fantastic in that game. I was so impressed with what he did and also so angry as someone who remembers that he was traded for David Phelps. David Phelps for Pablo Lopez and some other prospects too. But uh, yeah, that would get, that guy would look okay in Seattle right now. This is huge, I think. And I think the big thing here with this series now is, Drew, I think the advantage for the pitching is a big advantage for the Twins for these next two games. Would I you agree. agree? Yeah. yeah, I like... If this series feels pretty even, doesn't it? And not oh, yeah. just because it, it is even, like you know, tied at one one. Finally, yeah. we get an interesting series. But Carlos Correa looks healthy defensively and offensively. Jorge Polanco too, like looks healthy, healthier than he has in a while. And, and yeah, Pablo Lopez was terrific in Game Two on Sunday. Royce Lewis keeps raking. Um, Pablo Lopez with that changeup man, and and he could in that curveball, and he can go in Game Five too. Like yep. that is a huge ace in the hole for, for Minnesota. I think this one goes the distance. Like, yeah, look at game three, Christian Javier versus Sonny Gray in game three on Tuesday in Minnesota. I'd give that Javier did not have a great regular no. season. I'd give that edge to Sonny Gray. Like, I don't know. Is this twins lineup for real? Like the, the Astros definitely have scarier hitters. It seems like Jordan Alvarez is going to hit a home run every time he steps to the plate. Jose Altuve is doing his Jose Altuve in October thing. Um, but just having a healthy Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa, and then obviously a healthy Royce Lewis too, really changes the makeup of this twins team. And then, yeah, having, having Pablo Lopez, like as a, as a true ace, I know he he's been kind of inconsistent throughout his career, but, um, you, you see what he's capable in a game. Like he pitched on Sunday in, in game two. Huge. I mean, it, it, look, Minnesota has been really good at home. They have a good, Power hitting lineup and great look, uniforms. Yeah. yeah, they have great uniforms. I honestly, what's funny is they didn't need to change their uniforms. They were just fine the way they were. But it's true. you know, I think they still got better. They do a great job. One of my favorite ballparks as well. Be really fun to see them advance to the LCS after what was it, 18 straight playoff losses coming into uh yep. that series. That's absolutely uh absolutely insane. Uh do they have to be aggressive and maybe think about a Verlander in game four um, if they do go down two to one? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think he would want the ball. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's incredible. I, I would have thought that um, Houston would, would just look like the much better team. Uh, but just it, it, it changes so much when you have like three healthy players. Yeah. That Minnesota offense all year – was like, can we get a, like a little more from from certain guys? And and then yeah. honestly, when Royce Lewis come up came up, like the whole thing changed. You get Jorge Polanco back from the injured list. Like they probably did a smart thing by giving Correa as much rest as he needed down the stretch for that plantar fasciitis. Like he looked spry. He he made a, a few incredible plays defensively, mm-hmm. and then obviously what he's doing with with the bat too. There. Um, I, yeah, I, I, this is a, this is probably the most in, intriguing series just cause it might actually go 
pretty far. I, I think this one goes five, and that would be awesome. Pablo Lopez pitching game five. I guess it would be Framber Valdez for, for the Astros. That, that would be a pretty interesting matchup. Yeah, and look, Valdez has had – you know, some real success this year, but has also had some serious command issues and yep. did not throw a lot of quality strikes. By the way, say whatever you want about Carlos Correa. How unbelievably happy did that dude have to be after that game? Because he played yeah. fantastically. Drives in a bunch of runs. At makes Houston. a sensational yep. defensive play to end the game as well. He looks healthy. And I think that's a big part of this, man, is that I'm not 100% sure in fact, I'm almost 100% sure the other way that Carlos Correa hasn't been healthy this entire season. Like, it's yeah. just been – he's too good of a player to have played like this. A flawed offensive player, sure, um, can get uh, a little wild in the strike zone or lack thereof mm-hmm. at, at times, but definitely has the skill set to be one of the best shortstops. I want to ask you about Royce Lewis, who's had a fantastic postseason as well. Same question for you with the Evan Carter thing, but I'll go a little Ooh. higher. Where is Royce Lewis dropped? Top 75? Top 80? Something along those lines? Yeah, I think top 75 sounds about right. It's still a pretty small sample size of, of what we've seen from Royce Lewis in the majors, but just just look at the numbers. 70 games in the regular season, a 307 batting average, 913 OPS. Uh, this says like a billion grand slams, which seems <laughs> favorable for fantasy it's scoring. Low, but little, I'll be honest with it, you, but. Yeah, that does, that does seem a little low, but he's got like really, I don't know, I, I love his swing. He's got r- really easy power, yeah. um, possibly eligible at, at third base and shortstop. I think he would have the, the shortstop eligibility. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, and and like third base, I mean, that that position kind of falls off a cliff. I'll, I'll have to reevaluate going into next year. Um, he, he wouldn't be like in the top tier of those shortstops that like, give you five category coverage but um i i don't know i i yeah i I think he's a top 75 pick and maybe even higher than that um yeah if we like really study it going into the spring especially if he has a really strong end to this postseason as well i think he's going to be fresh and just the fact that he's still so young the fact he has that prospect pedigree he will definitely be someone i'm drafting too early next year all right so I'm going to say Rangers in three, and I'm going to say Twins in five. I'm going to say that's our ALCS, is that we get Rangers-Twins, just like everybody predicted before the postseason started. It sounds like you've got uh, in five uh, somebody. Um, who do you like in these two series to win? I'll, I'll just go with the Astros. I mean, they're the defending champions. Uh, they've got a they're, – they're the more talented team on paper. Um I don't know. The way things set up right now for the Twins is 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 pretty solid, but I I would just say the Astros kind of cream cream rises to the top sort of situation. Um, yeah, and, and I think the Rangers get it done behind Nathan Eovaldi um, on Tuesday in Texas. I'll, I'll be interested to see what what that crowd is like. Uh, you know that that's kind of a, a warehouse compared to to Camden Yards. It's like a, a large Lowe's, but uh, people that like have covered games down there, they really like it. I, I think mostly like media just likes comfortable press boxes that like have a good view and yes. newer stadiums usually have those. So I, I don't know, but it, it could be, a, it could be a cool environment. Like the old Ranger stadium would get really good playoff crowds. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah I'm sure, sure. It'll, it, I'm sure it'll be rocking. I mean, it's a huge market and I think yeah. that, uh, you know, people can go pick up their uh, used tractor before the game and then uh, come out to it. And that's not a shot at Texas. That's a shot at their ballpark. It is purple two by fours. 
Yeah. It is absolutely one of the most ugly outsides of a ballpark that I've Get ever seen. Get some keys made. <laughs> Rent like a rug uh, shampooer. Yeah. Like a line of toilets that are just uh, mm. perfectly centered in the really uh, nice thing. fridges, and you're thinking, yeah. man, I, I I need a I need a new fridge. That's is that eight thousand dollars? And then you, you don't buy it. <laughs> Have you? Uh, do you know anybody who has the the fancy fridge with like the TV screens in them or anything like that? I don't think I do. And I, I have some like rich friends. It's Chris Crawford. He does oh, have do one of those phrases. Well, <laughs> it's not technically his. It is it belongs to the parents, but uh since I've yeah, been moved that doesn't into count. that situation. Oh no, it counts now because I am fully in that place now. That is where Chris Crawford resides. Um, so definitely, definitely counts. Cannot wait to show Bluey on those things. Um so yeah, what does the we don't have to get into this too deep, but oh, like do. what what does this what's so cool about the screen so like you can uh number one it'll show netflix or hulu oh, or really like that it's, like, it's a tv oh yeah it shows a tv it can pull up recipes it can pull up youtube all that stuff and wow. then also you can uh add a, uh your grocery list like you can like add to the thing to say hey you need milk you need eggs you need uh creatine that's the big one for me i need a lot of creatine mm. in the fridge uh Awful lot of fun. Uh, now that we've done that, let's talk about some headlines. Unfortunately, we've got some NL East pitchers that we got to talk about. And this, to me, Drew, a little bit was inevitable based on what happened towards the end of the year. But Sandy Alcantara undergoing Tommy John surgery, um, very likely to miss the remainder of the 2024 season or the remainder, all of the 2024 season. This just stinks. I mean, look, Alcantara didn't have the follow-up Cy Young winning season that we all wanted, but he was still a pretty darn good pitcher and a durable pitcher and a big part of why Miami was able to still make the postseason. Maybe not the big part. Biggest thing for them, of course, was the one-run differential games, the fun differential, as Seattle Mariner fans like to say. That's the reason why Miami was able to make it. But there's no denying that this is a massive loss. Yeah, and it was only a couple weeks ago that Alcantara pitched in a minor league rehab game with AAA Jacksonville and, and pitched well. Four scoreless innings, touched 98.3 miles per hour with his fastball, but his elbow was barking again afterward. The, the Marlins ru ruled him out for a return in the playoffs uh, with what was originally diagnosed as a UCL sprain right. in his right elbow. Uh, further testing reveals the UCL tear and yeah, undergoes Tommy John on Friday and is now out until 2025. Uh, he's about as irreplaceable as it gets with like the workload that he usually carries 619 combined innings over the last three years uh and just for a team like the marlins like this is this is a pretty big blow the, the, the rotation could look fine in 2024 like jesus lazardo yuri perez braxton garrett yeah. edward cabrera maybe one of trevor rogers max meyer or, or ryan weathers like that's barring trades, and I think the Marlins figure to be pretty active on the trade market this winter, or free agent moves. Like maybe they're ready to spend a bit more after getting into maybe. the playoffs for the first time in a full season since 2003. But if they do spend, it will probably be more focused on bringing an offensive help. Um, those names I listed, like yeah, that's that's a lot of good young pitching talent. Luzardo continues to take steps forward. Yuri Perez and Edward Cabrera can be full on breakout types next season, mm -hmm. uh, but but still clearly a huge loss. And I guess I'll, contr I'll, I'll counter this the way this works out. He'll miss the third year 
of that pretty team-friendly five-year, $56 million extension that he signed before the beginning of the 2022 season. Like, yeah, $9.3 million salary next year. Then it jumps to $17.3 million um, in 2005 and 2026 with a $21 million club option for 2027. And, yeah, this this wasn't necessarily a great year for him coming off the Cy Young um, from – 2022 but he was he's like baseball premieres workhorse and now kind of got to like start over from scratch i guess if there is one positive from when this surgery happened like he'll be fully 100 percent leading into the 2025 season i i don't see him like trying to to make it back remember the talk with walker bueller man the dodgers could really use him now though (laughs) like maybe they shouldn't have put a pause on that hey um yeah but yeah, I don't, I don't see the Marlins and Alcantara going that direction. He's going to be out for 2024, but you know, should be ready to get right back to to being the, the pitcher that he was. Maybe even like gains a little fastball velocity. He wouldn't be the first guy to to gain a little velocity coming off Tommy John. No, absolutely not. And uh, you know, it's I, I wanted to ask you this too when I saw that you and spoiler uh, inside baseball Drew put together this uh, list for us. Do you move somebody like Perez or um, Garrett up knowing that they're going to be making a few more starts? You know what I mean? Instead of being sure. mid-rotation guys, they're close to the top of the rotation. Does that give them a kick up? I would say, I, mean, I think Gary Perez is already kind of locked into that situation anyway with, with the workload that he was able to build this sure. year. He's his the arrow on that dude is, is pointing way up. I'm, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. And I think Edward Cabrera, it could be ready to take a, a next step as well. And I, yeah, I like what we saw, we saw from Braxton Garrett um, over the course of the year, especially down the stretch. They've, they've got interesting young pitching. Um, I wouldn't be su- surprised if like they, they consider some trades, like I, I said before me, because like even losing El Contra, they're, they're pretty good at that area of their like organizational depth chart. Yeah, absolutely. They, they have done a nice job with pitching development. It's one of the reasons why, they were able to make the eater for burger trade, which is, I think, going to be a win-win for both teams, if I'm being completely honest with you. But certainly not one Miami's regretting right now with how good Burger looked nope. at the end yeah. of the year. Who won the Luis Arise uh, Pablo Lopez trade? Oh, that's a good goodness. one for both. That, that's, that's a tough one. I think both teams should be really happy. Yeah. I think Minnesota's probably thrilled compared to yeah. Miami, just to be honest yeah. with you. Like, and again. Lopez has had this for the last few years. There are moments, uh, I'm going to quote Celine Dion, there are moments of mm. gold and there are flashes of light. And the, but those moments of gold and flashes of light sometimes are followed by like three or four clunkers where you're like, maybe this isn't that guy. Maybe he is that perfect number three starter. But he sure looked a lot better than that in his postseason start and at many times this year. Uh, the other news, and this is a big bummer too, uh, Kyle Wright, who was placed on the 60-day injured list uh, just before the start of the postseason, has announced that he's going to likely need shoulder surgery. Is it officially need shoulder surgery? Either way, it is very likely that Kyle Wright is not going to be pitching in 2024. This was one of the breakout stars of 2022, Drew. Um, lost season, to be honest with you, in 2023. Oh. And it's effectively going to be now two seasons where you only get 31 innings out of Kyle Wright. This is a bummer because I thought he'd really turned a corner in 2022. Yeah, I'm mean, just a brutal year all around. It's been for him, like just career wise and everything, coming off that 
what do you have 21 wins yep. in 2000 um, wins or wins but the era sure. was good everything looked like it was heading in a really promising direction for him but yeah wound up only throwing those 31 innings in the majors this year with a 6.97 era um and then left off atlanta's roster for the nlds and, and now we know why that was because he needs the shoulder surgery and is likely to be sidelined through all of next season. And just as he's reaching salary arbitration too, like, so this, this nagging shoulder problem that was a problem all year dating back to the spring, not only knocked him down Atlanta's organizational depth chart, but could wind up costing him quite a bit of money as well. Uh, do you think they'll get a little aggressive on like the free agent? That's what I was going to ask you. Pitching market. Yeah. Like they have a lot of good young pitchers, a lot of good young talent in the organization, but you know, they like have all of those position players locked into very team friendly, long-term deals. They could get a little uncomfortable with, with signing a big picture or like, you know, maybe hunt around in like the second tier of the market. Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray. Um, would yeah. make a lot, a lot of sense yeah, for Sonny Atlanta. Gray a ton of sense there. I, I saw a little, uh, I think it was from uh, Robert Murray of Fansite. It suggested that Corbin Burns could be a match that could match up with the Brewers in a, in a trade. And I was like, eh, I mean, that would be Probably sick. Have to be a great I, yeah, something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about it, though. Like, you include a pitcher like AJ Smith Shaver in a trade like that on top sure. of like they've been so aggressive in the international market, maybe like a, a Luis Guanipa or someone along the lines on top of that. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe they take a chance on a Kyle Wright and that type of deal, you know, as a reclamation project for the next year. Yeah. I guess that could make sense. I will say this too. I will make a prediction right now that Blake Snell is what playing for one of three teams. He's playing for either the Padres, the Mariners or Atlanta. I just can see every once in a while, Atlanta sneaks up and gets super aggressive for these like superstar hurlers. Because yeah. they do such a good job at developing and maintaining that type of stuff. And ooh, Blake Snell in that Atlanta pitching staff. I, I just know. Think it may, yeah. I have been told by sources that Blake Snell would really like to be a Seattle Mariner, but isn't willing to take like a massive discount. So we'll be curious to see how aggressive Seattle is there. I think they should be aggressive. It'd be nice to have another top of the rotation arm. But yeah, those I'll make a prediction right now. It's either Padres, Mariners, or Atlanta for Blake. Don't call me Ian Snell. And the only reason we say don't call me Ian is because I think I've written Ian Snell in about 45% of my updates for uh, player news. It's, um, just, it's just there. I, we haven't really talked about your Mariners. I I listened to this radio show in, in St. Louis most days, and they played a call like from uh, – maybe you've heard this, like some Mariners fan calling into the Seattle station and just like ranting about ownership and – Oh, man. Uh, it was like a great call. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if it was you or, or someone you know. <laughs> it was probably someone I know. Uh, I did do uh, Molly Watt Monday on KJR, and we talked a lot about – I don't think we talked about the 54% comment that Jerry DePoto made. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the most that's what comments off, that I've ever heard in my life. And, look, DePoto basically apologized for it, but let's be honest here. It's not like he drew that number out of thin air. Like, there's clearly – that's what it was. And by the way, uh, the very best Mariner uh, run of all time, 1994 to 2003, the Mariners won like 57% of their games and no World Series. So it's absolute crap uh, that it was. It's I just shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have brought no, it no, up. It's, okay. it's all right. It won't be as bad as the NL wildcard stuff because the Diamondbacks have played well. So I can't uh, 
cannot, you know what, on that team too much. Uh, final news story. It's kind of a fun one, but kind of a weird one. Joey Votto said in an interview um, on the Dan Patrick show that he wants to continue his baseball career for at least one more season. Uh, 40 years old last year. Hit 202, 314, 433 with 14 homers. Uh, 14 homers, pretty impressive considering he was limited to just 65 games because of his shoulder surgery. Says he would prefer it to be the Reds, but if they're not going to give him the necessary playing time, he'd like to move on. So let's say he does move on from the Reds. What's a team that makes sense here for uh, Joey Votto? That's a good question. I don't know. Like a... A contender or would be contender that would like have a, a spot at, to be like a part time first baseman, part time DH. Like we know how devalued those veteran like first base DH types have become across, sure. you know, the, the new financial landscape in baseball. But if he's like coming cheap as, as a, a strong clubhouse present, there's something to that. A left handed hitter with some pop. You mentioned he, he hit some homers this year um, and a cleaner bill of health. Like you could see some contender uh taking a bite at it like he's a hugely marketable player oh, yeah. um who really marks markets himself and remember like that bounce back season he had in 2021 it was like i, I had kind of written him off already at that point and oh, he yeah. goes out and posts a 938 ops 36 homers 99 rbi in 129 wow. games he was 37 then he's 40 now um, but I could see one more decent year from him in like a platoonish role. He has a career eight nine fifty one OPS against righties, um, yeah. and he actually hit well against lefties this year when he was healthy. Like the Reds, obviously aren't going to pick up his twenty million dollar club option for two thousand twenty four. There is a sizable buyout on that for seven million dollars. Like maybe those two parties work something out after the option decision is made. I'm sure Votto and his agent want that buyout in place first um but if he could head to another team like i, I think the reds will probably go young they have the pieces to actually go young and for it to oh, make yeah. sense at first base and dh and to use that like 13 million dollar savings on the vado option to, to spend on other upgrades to, to other areas of, of this of the, the roster that's probably the smartest play in the way it shakes out like vado joins a, a new team for his 18th major league season after spending the previous 17 in cincinnati i like how Distinctly, he explained the decision, mm -hmm. um, and then he was—he's saying on Twitter, people were, are mad at me for wanting to continue. But he said this and last season were challenging due to an injury, the shoulder. A stretch of health gives me optimism; I can be competitive and productive. The game will tell me if I'm correct or not. Yeah. Um, so, so good for him. Like when he was on the field this year, when he's been on the field for the most part throughout his career, he's been a, a productive hitter and a, and a great joy to watch and a and a good interview. Um, so I, I commend him for, for wanting to continue. I, I think I would like to see him on a contender. It'd be cool to see him start and finish his career in Cincinnati, but sure. I, I'd like to see what a smart team could do with him in like a platoon role, just facing right-handers um, as a DH or first baseman. You know, it'd be really fun. I don't think it makes sense roster wise right now. Seeing him finish his career in Toronto would be really cool. Sure. Like, really cool to see the Canadian boy finish his season with Toronto. I just don't – I think he has to be limited to DH and first base, and they've got a pretty good, talented yeah. option that's limited there. Um, so I honestly think if Seattle strikes out on the Otani thing, that could make some sense. They had a hole at DH all year. Seems like they want to do more of the rotating type of stuff. Maybe, Maybe Vlad, yeah. man, he's coming back. Um Maybe but Vlad Jr. could remember there was like 
talk he was going to play some more third base. Are we done with that? I think we're probably done with that based on how his body looked at the end of the season. Now, look, if he gets back in shape, he's got plenty of arm strength for it. I think that would be, you know, boy, going Chap- Matt from- Chapman's a free agent, right? Yeah, yeah. Going from Matt Chapman to Vladdy Jr. at third base. That would be an interesting – obviously, it helps the offense quite a bit if you can put a player like Votto who can get on base against right-handed pitching. I do hope we get him. It'll be a little weird, though. It'll be kind of like uh, you're going to look at baseball cards and it's like it's the Jerry Rice played for the Seahawks type of thing, the uh, the Rasheed Wallace played for the Atlanta Hawks type of uh, situation, yeah. you know. But I hope he does play for a contender or – I hope, and I'm not saying Cincinnati is not a contender, by the way. I think Cincinnati has a good chance to be a really good baseball team. They're building stuff. But if you're using uh, Joey Votto at the, and not using Christian Encarnacion Strand or Matt McClain or young guys like that, I think that's probably a mistake. Yeah. 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 No, that's why I think the the smartest play is for for kind of all parties is is that Votto just goes, goes, and does one year with an with a new team to close out his career. Maybe Montreal will get a, a franchise next there, year. There we go. That would be beautiful. Uh hearing Joe, I guarantee Joey Votto speaks some French. I oh, guarantee yeah, for sure. it. Absolutely. Uh that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for listening to Fridge Talk, especially, but we appreciate all of it. Uh I will and be Celine back Dion. With, yeah, then Celine Dion, another French thing. We're uh we're a French Canadian show today. Uh mm-hmm. we very much, <laughs> very much appreciated. I'll be back next week with my good buddy Ryan Boyer as we'll kind of alternate between them. You're stuck with me throughout the season. Please hit like and please hit subscribe. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time and uh, good luck with your uh, postseason teams. If you're not like Drew and I watching teams that didn't make it, life is pain. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.